Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Recording with Mr. Joseph Tedai, long time no see. And so I was, uh, you know, obviously I've had you on here before. Your, uh, your book, Loan Operator, and your nutrition company, yep. all that good stuff. We'll get into it later. I'll put those in the description. As always, you've been on here multiple times before. Green Beret and uh, the 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 unit that shall not be named, which is the real life black ops shit, which, you know, I always love talking about. And you and Dale always implore me not to. But so, you know, I've had on right. I mean, I had on had on that young kid while he was still at the Kabul airport. Right. Right. After, you know, 13, how, how many was it, 13 Marines were killed. Yes. I've had on, you know, Mike Durant who even mm-hmm. even being on Jocko Willing's podcast the other week still started right. it with like, you know, I don't I don't really like talking about this because it was the worst days of my life. Right. But he's running for Senate <laughs> now. So he's you know, he's, right, he's right, trying right. to get it more out there. Um, but so there are people that obviously have fascinating stories that I have to you know, I have friends obviously like Don the Pleb or someone who, you know, they kind of coach me. They're like, hey, you can't you can't go in there doing the kind of, Hey man, you know what idiots like myself want to ask, right? You sit down with the president, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to ask, are there aliens, right? Even though you want to, but I say all of that to now say, because we're good friends, we've hung out and, you know, I feel like we've, we've, uh, we've uh, established some sort of a less serious credibility. I want to be that we asshole. We are going to talk about my book, I want to I want to be that asshole and so I'm just going to ask you, man. The let's get into the taboo. What is it like? Right, hey, I'll preface this right now cuz they're kind of ambushing me. That's okay. Uh, I'll what? answer what I can and, and what I'm comfortable with. If you're sure. good with that, you, sure. You, all right. Obviously, all right. and we know we don't need to upload it if you don't want to. But because we're joking Pardon. around, I figure I'll, I'll walk out on a limb. What is it like? What's it like to kill someone? What was the first time you killed someone? Oh man, um, we don't. We don't have. To, we don't. We don't have to. We can stick. Yeah. The, we can go back, dude. That's a really. Um, it's not live. I can edit out all this shit. No, yeah. Look, that's a and look. It's it's not the first time somebody's asked me that, sure. but it's an extremely difficult question to ask uh, or to answer be, be, because of the situation. And, and you're asking me about the first time um, that I experienced this. And the fact of the matter is, the first time that this happened, it shouldn't have happened. Sure. Which sounds really weird, but um, long story short. Um, it was my first rotation in Afghanistan. Um, been there about a month. Been pretty uneventful. We did a few hits and nothing too crazy. And um, I ended up uh, getting really sick. I, I got the flu or some damn thing. And we had been looking for this one dude for a while. We ended up finding where he was. And what was crazy is we were in Kandahar. Uh, and the dude that we were looking for was like 20 minutes away. So we ended up locating this guy. And I, I wasn't firing on all these cylinders. I was sick, had a, you know, fever. Just I just was not combat effective. So I said, look, guys, like, put me on security or some shit. Like, they're like, Roger that. And, dude, you got to be smart enough. A good operator knows when to say when. You know, like, it just wasn't up to snuff um, for, for the assault. So I, I was put on security. And if I remember, I was on the black red side, which is the far right corner if you're facing the breach point is in the far right. And I was there, it was at night, but I, I do remember this. There was a lot of loom out. I had my nods up. I do remember that. Um, and there was some ambient light from uh, other structures. But um, I was there with uh, one of our interpreters and another Afghan asset that we had. And um, it was a video vehicle drop off, salt force, basically got dropped off and walked up to the building, breached, you know, very uneventful, no shooting, just a little bit of yelling going on, and all was quiet. They got the whole, uh, 
buildings right at the you know site secure uh, call whatever the radio. I hear this um, scratching noise. The wall was like right in front of me. This compound. I was like on the corner, so I could look down one axis and the other. So I was standing like ten feet away from it, and I hear this scratching noise. And I looked over at my interpreter, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And the next thing I see is I see this AK-47 come over the wall and literally land butt first like this, boop, mm-hmm. and just boop, and falls over. And um, I'm like, what the fuck? And the next thing I see a dude jump over the wall, and he lands, Tom, and I'm telling you, like, right on top of it. Like, it was at his feet. Um, and as you can imagine, it you know, it caught me um, – it caught me a little off guard. It's unusual, you know, but there's a whole reason why this happened. So anyway, I remember looking at the gun. I remember looking at him and he was basically hunched over like, like he was squatting down to take a shit. And I brought my gun up and I went, no, like I was shaking my head. And he looked at me and looked at the gun. And I'll admit this. I will admit this right now. I hesitated. Um, I got lucky because I, at that point I had never, the trigger on somebody but he grabbed the gun and i gave him enough time to almost stand up uh until i i actually engaged the guy which was stupid um as soon as he touched the gun that was obvious rules of engagement even for where where we came from where Dale and i came from and so i hesitated and that's not something you want to do but lack of experience you know uh caught off guard that whole adrenaline dump thing and so, um, so I engaged this dude and, uh, you know, and he literally just fell straight over on the gun, but it was one of those things that, you know, you, you, people ask, what's the first thing that goes to your head? And mine was like, this is going to sound so freaking stupid, but I'm just going to tell you anyway, like, I hope I'm not in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like in my mind, sure. I was like, I just fucking killed somebody, you know? And, um, but I knew it was a justified shooting. I mean, and what happened just to clarify, the dude didn't have a sling on his gun. So he was trying to climb over the wall with the gun in his hand, I'm assuming, and he couldn't just, so he threw the gun over the wall. Then he climbed up over it and dumped over. And I just happened to be there. And he was probably, I'm just looking at my house, maybe 30 feet away, something like that. 25 feet away. It was not a hard shot well illuminated um you know that's not a, a big deal but the first thing that went through my mind is you know i hope i'm not in trouble which i don't know why that why that would go through somebody's mind but i guess it's just such an unnatural act even being in the unit i was it was the first time i did it it's like getting a speeding ticket for the first you know like oh my god like you know no, so I, I think that's a and, and for every, for everyone listening Joe's been coming on this podcast for close to two years now. I would say we're friends. We've we've hung out and we've shot. So people listening going, why the fuck did you just act? It's because I've had on so many guests that I know almost like my own rules of interviewer engagement. I know when, you know, you don't push that. Guys like you and Dale right. that I've talked to so many times – Right. You, you, you start to move a little – you start to move a little closer sure. to that topic and so even though I – prefaced it and sort of uh i'm gonna be that asshole this isn't this is right. also something that i would never do if 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 you know whoever if mike durant right. showed up tomorrow i wouldn't be right, like right, what's right. it like to I shoot someone it. with it so just for right. everyone listening that's pulling their hair out right now and you know and luckily uh and as everyone knows yeah. this isn't a lot and i'll be honest yeah. with you those who are listening I, i'll be honest with you tom i don't even know uh, I've been asked that question before on a podcast, and I told the guy I was going to answer it. I think it's only because we've known each other for a while and we've met face to face and shot literally it. Literally hung uh, out, yeah. So for, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're some guy that I've never met, and I, I, I it's a trust thing. Let's just get down to it. You know, what I mean, like you, you, it's also not live. If you said Tom, no, we just nick. Yeah, him. yeah, and 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 it's it's all good. I mean, dude, here's the deal. You know, everybody. I was in that, I was in one of those units. That's what you did. I mean, that was clearly what we did like any other special operations unit, uh, in particular, this one, um, all we did was DA. So sooner or later, <laughs> you're going to get into a gunfight, duh, right? Like it's going to happen. Um, and, uh, but it was very, it was very surreal, you know, just like you would see on a movie kind of slow motion, 
Um, and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, everybody thinks you're just going to shoot once or twice. I remember I probably shot five or six times, Sure. you know, um, just, if you're going to do it, target, do it, yeah, you follow the target down, you know? And so, um, but yeah, that was the first time and it was, it was, uh, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but that's the most. I don't want to say memorable because that's a terrible. No, no, but, but there's no. a terrible word for saying memory, but that's the one that I would I reflect on often because that was the one that kind of broke the mold, you know. Um, and this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, it's so funny we're talking about this, which I've watched other you know podcasts with guys talking about stuff like this, and they make it sound so cavalier and everydayish. There's nothing everydayish about shooting somebody. No. Uh, I don't care what the fuck unit where you're in. I, I could care less, you know. Um, it's there's nothing. You got to take it very serious, and and it's it's a it's a huge responsibility. Shoot, no shoot. That was a, clearly a shoot situation because God was, was picking up his gun and was clearly going to use it on me. So, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, and then I remember over the radio, uh, you know, hearing shots fired. You know what's going on, that kind of thing. And um, and I told him it's me where I was. Uh, and I made less than a, maybe a minute later, one of my teammates come running up, you know, um, as you know, everything was okay. And I said, yeah, man, this guy came over the wall and we checked him for Intel. I uh, didn't have anything, but the bottom line is that was the first one. And, um, I mean, dude, yeah, <laughs> I, I see these, some of these dudes talk about gunfights all the time. I mean, I think that's an exaggeration and I don't care what unit, whether you're in a tier one unit in the military or the unit they only came from there's going to be dry holes it's going to some are going to be uneventful you know it's not like every single time you go out you're getting in a gunfight that's complete bullshit okay if anybody's saying that i i would probably throw the bullshit flag on them. um it happens it's it's situational but it doesn't happen every time um you know and so anyway that's it's- I hope that answered your question. It's it's no, and, and and thank you for your your candid answer. And um, but no, it's right. It's it's the it's the guy in the locker room talking about how much pussy he gets. And it's like, dude, it's like, sure, everyone goes out. Maybe you get a girlfriend. Maybe you just maybe you're right. single. You're going out and philandering. Right. You don't talk. Sure, it's maybe you have a couple beers and you and your brother are like, yo, dude, she's so. But it's not. It's the guy right. that always talks about it. Is is the guy who's 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 never seen a boob? Oh, sure. It's, it's that, right. I tell you, it, it's like Dale. I don't use Dale as a good example. Dale's very close friends with you and I. Obviously, he's the most he's the most uh, experienced combat veteran I've ever met. He's been in every every campaign since Panama. Yeah, he never talks about it. Okay, never. Like he even just bullshit talking. We don't just yeah. we just, just talk about it. It's like that was the work. That's what you did. It's like a race car driver saying, look how fast I was going. It's like, you know, no, yeah, no shit. You're in a race car. Yeah, it's like. Exactly. You're in a fucking race car. That's what we did for a living. And and so it's just beware of people that talk a lot of smack about that. I, I just That's my personal opinion. This may ruffle a few feathers of people watching that are in special operations that, you know, like to have a body count. Or like, yeah, I've, I've shot, you know, 57 people. How the fuck would you even know that? Yeah. And here's how, and, and let me tell you why I'm saying that, actually. So, you know, we got into a tick one time, uh, driving to a target, and we got ambushed, and they were two, 300 yards away. So if you're shooting behind cover, you and I, and we're sh- and engaging in a target that's two or 300 yards away, how the hell do you know who shot the guy? You don't. Yeah, yeah. One of us did, but the guy drops or he doesn't get back up from the rocks, you don't know. The only time you really know Quite frankly, is if you're a sniper, right? Let's 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 snipers know for sure, uh, or if you're in a CQB environment where a guys right in front of you, and sometimes you'll have multiple guys. You're clearing a room, shoot at the same dude. Yeah. So it's you know what I mean. It's 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 
well, that was kind of kind of bring me to my my next question is is um is is like the the personal nature of it is it you know someone like myself the idiot who says what's look to kill someone i mean is it is it kind of a, a letdown is the wrong word is it kind of a oh that's that's what that is is it you know it's silence that night is it just and it's done and you go oh there's he was there now he's not is it more personal like you said about a sniper or like the unit you and Dale were in, which there's a great book about it, aside from Lone Operator, is uh, Surprise Kill Vanished by Annie Jacobson. And she kind of talks about how she met someone in that unit and they carried a huge knife. And she said, and he goes, well, sometimes a job requires quiet or sometimes it's all you have. Mm-hmm. Can you speak? Because again, the unit you and Dale were in, you guys were up close and personal. It wasn't, you know, it's not D-Day. It's not, you know, charge. Right. right. Would you say that's more personal and or, because I guess we've already kind of broken the taboo seal, have you ever, have you ever killed someone with a knife or a clo- or just hands? Something that's more personal and less of a, like you said, you something you're not expecting, AK coming over the fence, and it's like, well, am I in trouble? It's a weird thing. Is there something like that that's more personal like that? Um, to answer your question, I think anything like that's personal. I, I, I think anybody, if you know for sure you shot someone, that's personal as it gets, whether it's a terrorist or a bad guy at your house, whatever, sure. it's personal. At least, at least that's the way I look at it. Look, we're human beings. I never wanted to become that guy that was so callous it just lose your humanity. I think at that point in time, it's time for you to get out of the business because you've, you've dehumanized it to a point where I think you become a very dangerous person. But anyway, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, it's personal because it's up close. You're in a room or in a compound. Um, you know, I remember uh, one time, and uh, this was actually on my last tour in Afghanistan. I was on a ladder team, and we came up this compound, and Guy put the ladder up. He held it. I went up the ladder, looked inside, and I looked right below me, and there was a dude sleeping on a cot. Uh, He was on his side, and I could see his AK right next to him. So what do you do? I mean, I'm, you know, that's a tough question. The guy's sleeping. He obviously has a weapon. So what do you do? Say, hey, buddy, wake up. Wait to see if he touches it. You don't have time. The, you know, you got a soldiers going to breach. I was up there pulling security and I look over the wall. He actually wasn't right below me. He was over to the right. And he's out like a light because we, we surreptitiously came up to the to the compound, you know, quietly put the ladders. So they were all padded. And um, he was out like a light sleeping on a on this wooden pot. And I could clearly see that he had a, a, an AK right next to him. I mean, what do you what do you do? I mean, it's, it's, I know it sounds like a really weird no. fucking thing. Uh, but that's the real world. Like, there the dude was. Like, what do you do? You know, it's, it's, you shoot the guy in his sleep, or do you let him wake up from a breaching charge, and then you shoot him? I mean, and yeah, you know. that, this your moment of hesitation is that is that okay? Well, now now one of my guys is going home in a body bag. But thank God, right. I thank God, I showed some humanity to the end. Right. See what I mean? You start and dude, that happens. And I'm not saying that it would happen with everyone. It happens with me. I mean, you're looking at somebody who's sleeping, and um. You know, could have been a good person. Just happened to have an AK-47 next to him. You see what I mean? These these are the decisions. These are the weird situations you get in that people may or may not talk about. But that was one of mine. And, dude, I'm not the most experienced combat guy in the world. I mean, give me a break. You know, like, I, I did my bit. You know, everybody's got war stories, Tom. Everybody. You could be in a in an infantry unit that gets a lot of experience, you know, like Marine infantry units in combat constantly, like in Fallujah, uh, and like the SEAL team guys in Fallujah, they're in combat all the time. And, you know, they got more stories too, you know? To not, to not, to not gloss over it, to go back to the guy. Did you shoot him? Yes, I did. Have you ever... Have you ever had to use a knife? <laughs> um, where, actually, where, where would a actually, knife be? Where would a knife be applicable as opposed to shooting? 
once you've made the decision that so you're th- going to kill this him. Is, this is a story Dale is familiar with because the AAR from this was circulated, um, from my understanding, to uh, a lot of guys where I used to work because of the situation. Um, to answer your question, yes. Was it planned? No. Um, was it a was it a, a mistake that I made uh, multiple uh, up to that point? So the backstory to this, and this is actually embarrassing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers, and you know I fell prey to peer pressure and some other stuff. But anyway. Um, we were co-mingled <coughs> with um, guys from Dev Group, so Team Six guys, mm-hmm. and um, we went out on a hit with them one night. And I noticed that none of them were carrying pistols. And one of the dudes I became friends with, I went up. And I was like, John, freaking, where's your fucking pistol? He's like, Yeah, man, fucking, we're just going lighter, lighter, lighter. Just a few mags. And I'm like, All right, I get it. Very streamlined. Their kit was very streamlined, very lightweight, move fast kind of thing. That they that unit likes to move very quickly, which speed is security. And they're very good at what they do. Um, and there I am standing there with a fucking pistol. Well, I wore it that night. Uh, um, next day, I took it off. I took my at a Glock 17, and I took it off my kit because. These guys were very experienced. They'd been there. I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Lighter, you know, more maneuverable. Uh, the next rate, two days later, we go to hit this compound. And this is this is ironic as it get as it gets. I was on security again on this one. It was a really, it was a huge compound. It was probably the biggest compound um, I, I've ever been involved in but anyway i was with a dog team it was me and a dude with a dog and one other afghani guy and um they hit the compound all secure very, again rather uneventful you know not any shooting i get a call it's dark outside have my nods on and i get a call on the radio like hey joe we need you with the ssc they needed me to do help out with the sense of site exploitation it was a huge it was bigger than we expected. So they needed as many people uh, inside the compound helping with the SSC. So I told these dudes, I'm like, hey, man, I'm heading inside. Y'all good? Roger that. So I was on the backside of the compound, and I was running down. There was about a five-foot-wide dirt path behind this place, and then it was like a – almost like a damn – it was a ditch, but it had shit water in it, and there was a big field to the right. And I'm slow jogging, and I turned the corner – and dude, it was literally like a Three Stooges movie. An Afghani that was probably running at full tilt. Him and I went basically like this, like face to face. Um, two things happened. When he hit me, my nods smashed me in the face. Oh. It was so hard that it made my eyes water. Like, you know, when you get punched in the nose, it was kind of like that. And at the same time, I had a single point sling on with one of those fast tacks that connect the, that's connected to the M4, but you can take your gun off, but leave the, leave the sling around your neck. When I ran into this dude, my fucking gun came off. I remember it hitting my feet. Uh, Cause when I hit this guy, of course, you know, now you've got this adrenaline dump going on. Right. I remember hearing and feeling my gun hit my feet. Well, this dude had an AK in his hand. I remember I had my hands on hit on the gun. We were both wrestling with it. We ended up going on the ground. He was on top of me. His head was here. I don't know how to grapple. Well, I'm not like Dale. I, I can I know the basics, but I had my legs wrapped around him, and I had his head with my left arm. I distinctly remember going for my pistol. Oh Jesus! Wasn't there, dude? I'm not joking. You can't even make this shit up. This was literally the next fucking mission I went on. I remember feeling down from my piss and just, I, I remember the feeling of that. You ever had like, feel like the blood just goes, like, oh shit. And cause my gun was on the ground 
a bit, actually didn't even know where the fuck it was at that point because we had rolled around for a, a bit. I couldn't tell you how long, 10, 15 seconds. Anyway, on my belt, I had a battle belt on. On my belt, I had, you ever seen those original buck knives that they came out with? I think they were called the buck special or some shit. It was a stainless steel knife with the stainless steel hand, right? Well, my grandfather gave me one when I was in junior high school. It was like a a, a birthday present. And I thought it was the shit. It was my first cool knife. I took it hunting and everything. Anyway, I took it everywhere. I had all my all my kit when I was in the, in the in junior high school and high school. I had all my shit, right, playing army. Well, anyway, I carried it around everywhere. Well, I brought it with me. It was just one of those things that I, it gave me just a good feeling to have it. it remind, I, I sure. respected my grandfather. The whole everybody had something like that, whether it was a flag or a picture or, or a patch or some fucking thing. So I remember reaching down for my knife. And it wasn't where it was. What had happened was, is it slid on my belt and I was laying on it. It was in the small of my back. So this dude's on, and this guy was a lot, like, I'm not a big guy. He was much taller than me. He's on top of me. And I'm trying to grab the knife. And it had this weird, you'd have to like Google the knife, but it had this, it had this sheath. Instead of it just having Velcro, it had this snap on it. But it was one of those fucking snaps. You know those snaps, Tom, that if you don't pull it just the right way, it don't open? That's the kind of snap it had on it. And I remember trying to put, and I guess just because out of adrenaline, I, it ended up breaking. I ended up breaking the retention strap on it. Um, here's what I can tell you from that point forward. It's, you know, again, I remember bits and pieces of it, but I remember stabbing a dude uh, on his left side a couple times, a couple times in the back. I remember slashing them, right? Um, and this probably went on for uh, maybe a minute or two. I, I honestly don't know how long it went on. It, it, it seemed like it was longer, but as you know, adrenaline makes things kind of drag out. I would say a minute or two, but I, I distinctly remember feeling him start to go limp because he was on top of me. And... Um, there was just a point where I just kind of heard him because his head was right mm-hmm. here. Um, I just kind of heard him just go mm-hmm. like, and it just felt like if you had this like big water bladder on top of you and you just punched the hole in it, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was it. Like I knew he was done. And so um, I rolled him off me. I looked for, looked for my M4. I picked it up and trotted down to the, the, where the uh, where they had entered, and I remember there's a buddy of mine in there. His name was Larry, and he looked at me and he's like, "Medic!" He started yelling for a medic, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm fine, I'm fine," um, because I was literally soaked, covered in blood from my knees. Like it was in my face. Matter of fact, I had to get a blood test done. The dude had bled in my mouth and in my oh, eyes. So anyway, um, uh. So after everything was secure, I told him what happened. Um, Everybody's like, dude, this is a very unique situation. Let's go back. Let's check out this dude. So we went back. And let me caveat this. This was in the winter. And this dude had these had this really thick jacket on. And those of you who have been to Afghanistan, you know what I'm talking about. It's a real thick wool jacket. and another layer under there. It was cold as shit outside. So we get there. We uh, roll this guy flat on his back and take off his jacket and i noticed that my none of my slash marks my slashes none of them made it down to the skin not one and i'll tell you why here in a minute i know and and this here is the lesson learned dude this is where this is where you don't think of this shit until you have to think of this shit not a single slash it had cut through his jacket, but it never made it down because it was thick. It never made it down to his skin. And there was probably seven or eight of those um, and on his back as well. The puncture, the stab wounds got him. Um, and um, this this knife had a five and a half inch blade. So the blade was about that big. It's a big ass sure. knife. Yeah. As for um, and so we started looking at where the wounds were. And I, I got him one time right here. Um, so that's where the blood sure. had bled up on my neck and my face. It didn't sever his carotid artery, but it it it, it nicked it for sure. It, yeah, yeah, and it was. And again, I had to go get tested for hepatitis and all this freaking shit. But anyway, 
Um, here's the lesson learned. Um, one, should have had my fucking pistol. Fuck peer pressure. Um, you know, I, I went back, you know, a couple of days later and said, you know, if you can't carry your pistol, go to the gym more, you know, do more reps. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what do you look at a pound for a gun? So, um, so then, you know, we looked at the knife and I'm going to tell you flat ass, dude, you could run your, your, your finger on the blade and it wouldn't have cut you. Why? Because I had been using that thing to cut open MREs, cut 550 cord, you know, cut open boxes and shit that we would get. get and it was dull as fuck. Dull. When I mean dull, I could like go like this and it probably would have cut my arm. So shame on me, one, for succumbing to peer pressure, one. Two, shame on me for not knowing that my knife wasn't sharp. That's as fucking wrong as it gets. Um, and three, at that point in time, my knife fighting skills were like from one to ten at two. Like I had basic knowledge of knife fighting. But out this time, I wasn't standing. I was on my back. You know, three, my weapon got behind me. It's the whole, there's a plethora of mistakes I made. Um, you know, didn't know my knife would shift on my kit, which it did. Um, so all of these little mistakes became a really interesting, uh, hot wash at the end of the night. And, and, um, it was, um, an awful experience. Um, it was not something that I wanted to ever check the block. I just didn't. Um, that's what a fucking gun's for. And if your if your primary goes down, that's what your secondary is for. And, uh, didn't have it. So after that, I always carried a pistol and I got ribbed every now and then. And I remember one day a, a dude from the same unit, that group guys was busting my balls about a couple of things while I was carrying so much, so much ammo in my pistol. And a friend of mine went over there and was like, why don't you go ask him why he's carrying a knife? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. he came over and I told him, he's like, oh, fuck. So anyway, yeah. So that was just like one of those things where wasn't prepared. Um didn't have the skills. The only thing that saved me, Tom, to be quite honest with you, was just violence of action. I just, once I started, just, yeah. I just didn't stop. Yeah. You know, right. I had a guy kind of tightly bound up with my arm. And of course, you know, your adrenaline's pumping up. My legs are wrapped around and my arms are eating, going nowhere. Um, but yeah, a lot of mistakes made by, by me. And um, that never happened again. And it, that situation never came up again. But isn't ironic, the next fucking out of, you know, the years that I spent over there, the next mission that I didn't carry a pistol, I wish I would have had one. And there it is. Well, it makes me think of a line I think actually you said to me. It might have been fall 2020. I don't think it was even have to do with like war stories. I think we were talking about the podcast or something about like internet cutting out. I remember you saying it's not, a, you know, everyone knows what can go wrong, will go wrong. But you said you look at it as, as Murphy's just, Murphy's laws just teeing up. It's just licking its chops. If you bring everything, it'll leave you alone. It doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him one little inch, and he's going to take a, a mile. And yeah. it, it, ju- it jumps. I mean, he finds the chink in your armor. I mean, it's I have multiple lights. I have a backup microphone. I have I have a right, right, right. cell internet in case this goes down. It kind of right. I mean, uh, Gothic Serpent, uh, Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down. What do you mean? Sure. Famous last words. We don't need our nods. Night we'll be vision. back. Yeah, we don't need night vision. And yeah, that's yeah, where right, most exactly. of them were sure killed. So it's the same. It's the same exact thing yeah. on a much smaller scale, obviously compared to Black Hawk Down. Sure. But it was individual. It was a one-on-one thing. But no, but it, but it's but it still it still applies. It's still the I would, yeah, small scale, big scale. It's still the same right. thing. We won't need that, right? So right. you have that, yeah. And so looking at something like that, yeah. How does that not to kind of shift it back to the the kill with the knife? Does that does something as personal as that a guy literally laying on top of you having his blood on you does something as personal as that does that and maybe it's not the correct word help or lighten does that water down shooting someone right the first one like you said kind of breaks the seal your first time right first podcast is the most nervous one kill someone with a knife it literally it's there you're holding them like you said you can almost you know symbolically feel the life leaving their body does that now, and like you said, and it doesn't make you know you don't ever want to lose your humanity. There's nothing natural about killing someone, but does that, for lack of a better term, does that make subsequent kills with a firearm less impactful, mm-hmm. less 
and again, it's none of them are impactless. None of them, you know, none of them mean nothing. But in relative terms, killing mm-hmm. someone with a knife is does that make subsequent shots easier? You know, the when you the first thing that popped into my head when you said that was it just um proved to me and elevated how violent combat is. I know that sounds really stupid, but it just it just showed me this is how dirty it can get. You know what I mean? Like which is like the last thing you'd want to do is, you know, engage somebody with a knife. But um it didn't make things, and again, Tom, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, freaking dirty hairy out there just unloading on people. You know, had a body, you know, it, that's that's not what we did. Um, people were engaged, and they need to be engaged. And just remember, you know, dead people don't talk. It's always good to capture somebody, get more information, go find another fish that'll get you the bigger fish, right? You engage people that need to be engaged because they're a threat, and they didn't threats or they're, they're neutralized. So. I want people to understand that it's not like, you know, we were going and just gunning people down. That's, that's not what we did. That's, that's not what professionals do. Um, you engage, you need to be engaged. But to answer your question, I don't think it made it any easier or any harder. It just, it emphasized this is how nasty, this is what level you can sink to. Let me just put it, this is the level you can sink to if you have to. Um, and uh, I, I never, ever, Tom, thought in a million years that I would ever have to use a knife. Like, I got a gun. I got guns. Sometimes I had three guns. I had a breaching shotgun sometimes, you know? So I had three guns. My M4, my HK416, Glock 17, the breaching shotgun. What the fuck would I need a knife for, right? Uh, I will tell you this. The other thing I learned from it is a, I, a lot of guys carry folders. You know, dude, let me tell you something. A what? That would have been... That would have been very difficult. Oh, and by the way, I had gloves on too. That made it uh, hard as well, finding and feeling this button, right? The, the snap uh-huh. on my so so when you start thinking about, you know, I got a folder, and if you got flight gloves on or any kind of you know assault gloves, getting that blade employed quickly and out, you know, uh, depending on what position you're in, it's going to be tough, you know. And and most folders are only you know three three and a half inches long. Um, I had a folder on me, uh, but it was in a pouch. Like it was just an, an accessory. But I always had a decent size fixed blade knife on me, just because you know. Um, and, and, and that knife actually, um, like I told you, I carried that thing when I was in junior high school. I mean, how ironic it was. But I'm just talking in general. Like if you're in that line of business and you're carrying a knife, carry a fucking knife. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you're carrying a knife, carry a knife. If you can use it as a weapon, a, a little three and a half inch folder, sure, you can slash and stab. But that extra two inches on a five inch blade is getting the vital organs. And, um, uh, you know, I, I remember specifically, I can close my eyes, and I remember seeing this guy's side. All of the blood was very frothy, pink, and bubbly, and it was from his lungs. You know what I mean? Because that's the blood from uh-huh. a lung shot. Um, so I punctured his lungs and. So anyway, yeah, man, I don't think it made it any easier, any harder. It just opened my eyes to like, man, you're a dirty fucking business. You know what I mean? Which fine. I knew that and I accepted that. Um, but this is what you have to do. Because well, think about it. What was I going to do? Grapple with this guy for 20? 20- Fuck that. Yeah, tap him out. Yeah. yeah, I'm on my back and he's on top of me. He was a bigger dude. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a big guy. He was probably six foot. Six one, you know, because when he hit me, I remember kind of hit him like right, right below the chin. My nose is pow, like, dude, butt knock, butt. I mean, I remember seeing a little bit of stars too. My eyes were like almost shocked shut from the, from the and I had, I looked like a, <laughs> like a raccoon the next day. I had two black and blue marks right here. So, um, but yeah, just a very weird experience. Uh, I will tell you this when I, when I got back, from that deployment, I called our school's guy. There was this dude who was in charge of whatever school we wanted to go to. And I said, I want to sign up for every fucking knife fighting course we have. And he, he basically told me, which find some, and they just reimbursed you. Yeah. I'd go in and so anyway, I went to like three. After that, I went to three knife fighting courses just to get some technique down. You know what I mean? Because I had none. I, I, 
to me that actually, and again, it's, 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 you know, it's, uh, it's almost hilarious that I'm going to compare anything in my life to what you or what Dale's done, but because the vast majority of my audience is probably more similar to me, I mean, statistically a hundred percent more similar to me than they are to you or Dale. But to me, it, it makes me think of, um, you know, well, I'll just go through it really quick is studying nonstop in college because I wanted to go to medical school. And my logic was, is it's easier to study as, as tiring as it can be than to when I would work at a bar and I'd be, you know, cleaning bathrooms in a college town till two in the morning with, you know, rubber gloves on. I'd be like, it's easier to study versus, you know, kind of letting my life fall apart after my brother died, moving home with my parents and working at like Chinese delivery places versus Tom, why do you do so many podcasts? Because I, I know what happens when you get to the when the rubber hits the road and you're you're delivering Chinese food at three in the morning hoping for a two dollar tip. It's a lot easier, though tiring. It's a lot easier to pound through three audiobooks, work out and do podcasts nonstop and post them and try to network and everything because although it's struggle, I know if you don't struggle here, I know the struggle That's is right. a lot worse when you're working That's a right. night shift at Walmart. 100%. So it seems like if anything, the knife showed you like, hey, don't forget, you can be really distant, you can be dropping a bomb from a jet at five miles up, you can be a sniper, you can be up close with a gun, you can be closer with a pistol, or you can be there with a knife. Don't forget what the actual action is. It's one right. of you's going home. Yeah, right. might as well train to make it easier. So and, and, and with that, and got you for like another five minutes is, so all of these things where, you know, I can quote unquote, relate in that I can maybe draw an analogy through studying or doing podcasting. How does something like that change you in that? I mean, how, how, how is it? Do you, do you hear something like me? You can be candid. Do you hear someone like me talking about how hard it is to lose my brother to suicide? And do you do you, is it more of like a dude you have no idea what loss is and i, I don't take any offense to that or no. do you maybe have more of an appreciation for civilian life do you know maybe have more appreciation for your you know your partner or uh you know like uh, taking care of a little kid or going to the gym do you have more right. appreciation for like hey man grind on a podcast hell yeah that's a lot more fun than you know going toe-to-toe <laughs> with a guy taller than you in the dead of night in winter in afghanistan how does that change? Well, first off, yeah, well, dude, first off, losing a loved one to suicide is by far, in my opinion, more traumatic than, you know, dealing with something like what I had to do because that was my job. Sure. Like, I knew I wasn't handing out cookies in front of fucking Walmart, okay? Like, I knew the unit I was in. I knew what they did for a living. You know, it's killer capture bad guys. That's yeah, yeah, it. That's what yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah, they yeah. did. Um, so... Yeah, dude, I think what you experience is just a little, that's like outside of my, I've never experienced it. And I don't want to experience it. You know what I mean? Sure. I, you know what I mean? Because that's very traumatic. Because that is, it's like when somebody gets killed in combat. Like you hear somebody, so-and-so got killed and you're like, oh, fuck. But again, it's sad, but are you that shocked? Well, again, you're not handing out cookies in front of Walmart. People die doing this shit. Okay. Right? Okay. And, uh, let, let me let me reword that then, because it, okay, yeah, losing someone, it's that it, that is a little more maybe of an, an abstract relationship. Let's take it to something that you and Dale did, and quote unquote water it down. If you see a cop shooting someone, do you does your experience make you more empathetic to them? Like, I get it, it's your job, I get it, or is it less empathetic? Where you're like, dude, you're in a squad car with a partner in downtown you know, Milwaukee versus taking a knife to someone in the dead of night in winter in Afghanistan. Um, I think if, if, you know, if I heard, matter of fact, there was <laughs> copper on not long ago shot and killed somebody totally justified. Sure. So if, if it's a justified shooting, then the guy was doing what he had to do. He, like you just said, somebody's going home and somebody's not going home. Yeah. And he's a law enforcement officer. That was his duty. He engaged a threat, neutralized it. Unfortunately, a guy passed away. I think, here's where I think the problem comes in. And, and again, I'm not a psychologist, bro. I've been freaking, I don't know shit about psychology. But I think this is where the problem comes in is when you're in a unit, not so much law enforcement, because they're not going out and actively engaging 
yeah, there that just happens. We were actively kind of like going looking for trouble, right? It's like you go look for trouble, you're going to find it, right? I think what happens is, is if you're in that type of business for too long, and I've watched other podcasts and some of these guys that I don't need to mention their names, but you know, there's special ops units where they were in for years and years and multiple tours in Afghanistan, multiple tours in Iraq, you know, done a thousand missions, like crazy shit. Um, I think there's a point in time where how could it not affect you? Yeah. Right. I remember one time I, I deployed to Afghanistan and I came back and that the day I, I landed at the airport, I drove, um, so I got picked up and I said, take you to the grocery store. And I remember I was in food line pushing a cart around. And I was just thinking two days ago, if people only knew what I was doing, they'd be like, ah, you know, like it's that's when it becomes an issue when you can't detach from it. And I am very lucky that I never got to that point. I never got to the point where it created problems because you hear guys, man, I started drinking too much and I started doing I got hooked on these pills and these painkillers and, and I, and dude, I get it. And for people that watch these other podcasts and go, Oh my God, you start drinking. You don't know what these guys have been through. Did you just separate themselves from those, those demons? Right. I never got to that point, whether you want to call it a lack of experience or lack of, uh, of, of, you know, pulling the trigger, whatever the case may be. Uh, and I'm glad I, I don't deal. I don't deal with that shit. I don't have to. I've got friends, and they'll tell you we've got friends that suffer from PTSD badly. Um, and uh, I just never got to that point. And I also think it has to do with your coping mechanisms too. Like like you, you've got big time coping mechanisms that will help help you deal with stress. The loss of your brother. And, sure. You know, same with me. Me growing up, my parents getting divorced, my mom getting killed in high school. I mean, all these coping mechanisms that you have when you're younger, you know, as you get older, helps you deal with more bullshit. So um, even though it sucks that you experienced what you did, it's actually going to serve you well as you get older, as it served me well. Same with Dale. You know, Dale wasn't born with a fucking silver spoon in his fucking mouth. He's dealt with a lot of bullshit and you know, family bullshit and people bullshit. And it just helps you deal with that kind of, you know, just like when our friend Mike was killed, you know, um, that helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. I remember it like yesterday and I, I can close my eyes. There was no screaming. There was no yelling. There was no crying. I just walked up and saw Dale. Um, and I said, give me a sit rep. And very calmly, he just said, dude, they're all dead. Like literally that matter of factly, he wasn't emotional. He was just business. Yeah. And um, if you would have seen what we saw that night, not you, an average person would have seen the horrificness of a helicopter crash and what it did to three human beings, uh, including a very dear friend of ours um, standing there looking down at him. Um, that would really put the screws to a lot of people, but only because Dale had dealt with death and all that shit and saved me over the years. That's probably the only thing that saved me from being batshit crazy right now. You know what I mean? Um, but that's a very good analogy and an example of just, there wasn't anything. It was just, the funny thing I tell people about that is just, you know, after a crash or a major event is the dead silence. I just remember hearing the wind blow yeah. and here we are in this horrific helicopter crash with three dead people that were severely injured. Um, one of, you know, one being, you know, 20 year friend of mine and friend of Dale's. And so, but that, I think that's, that's the answer to the question. I just, I got out at the right time. You know what I mean? I, I, I knew it was time for me. I'd gone to a few funerals and I, uh, the one funeral I went to, guy I worked with uh, was killed in an IED attack. I went to his funeral, and um, his little boy came up to me. He's probably six years old. He just looked at me and just said, where's my dad? And, dude, that was it. Like, I'm like, I, this, that, that, it's kind of like a drug addict hitting bottom. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't have it in me. And when you're in a unit like that, when you don't have it up here – even though I could physically do it, I didn't have it up here anymore. I was kind of detached from it. Um, it was time to say enough is enough. You know what I mean? 
and call me what, you know, you pussy, you left, whatever. I did my duty. I knew it was time for me to go. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was an asset anymore, which you, you want to feel like an asset, not like a liability. You don't want to be that weak link because if you're the weak link on that type of work, chances are you're going to get somebody else hurt. You know what I mean? And I just, I was, that was it. That was, that was the end of it. And, you know, yeah, it's well, not to end abruptly, but and I know you got to run. Uh, I appreciate, I genuinely do. I appreciate your, your candid sure. answers. Um, I know we really didn't get into the, the book or the, the fitness supplements or, or the wet seat course, but we will do another. You can go back to previous episodes with uh, Ted I and myself, just search Ted I T E T I uh, in my podcast archives. You can find them. I will put Joe's, I'll put your Twitter, your Instagram, your uh, link to Amazon for loan operator, which is a great one nutrition. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and Wetsy and training course, everything Joe Ted I will be in the description. Tom, what number of podcasts do you want, bro? I meant to ask you that you, the other day. You when the are 663. Get the fuck. <laughs> For real? Fucking work my tits off, dude. Damn, dude. You were. Wow. And your first, your first appearance was episode 70. Dude, who was the first guy you interviewed? Who was the very first dude you did? I'm literally a friend I just convinced to come on. Just like a friend. Just to like get some, get some, just get some. Just why I had guest one, so I could lie to sure, guest sure. two. <laughs> it's, dude, it's. 663. Wow, bro. Yeah, man. That's great. And how long is it? How long have you been doing this for? December 12th, 2019. So actually, today's January 12th, so we're coming up on 25 months today. Dude, that's a lot. Yeah. You're, do, you're doing multiple podcasts a day, I assume, right? And some, some days. Yeah. Some days. Yeah. Today's three. Yeah. Wow. Tomorrow's two. Yesterday was three. But like we talked about, when you know other pains, like right, right. going face down with my brother and drugs and realizing the sure. rubber hits the road, things right. like doing three podcasts a day, you're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. You're like, what? Yeah. Three? Yeah, it I don't puts, care. It puts things in perspective. That's the best way to say it. It, it. it clarifies and quantifies your life when you can look back and go, yeah, I dealt with that bullshit. I can definitely deal with this. You know what I mean? That's ex- and, perfectly, yeah. perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, how do you do six? I don't even think about it. I'm like, yes, what else am I going to do? Like I've, I've, I've done. Well, dude, plus you love what you do, by the way. That's the other thing. You enjoy this. This isn't something you're forced to do. Um, you do this because you like doing it. I and that, it. that you got the world by the short hairs. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, Dude, get to talk guys like Mike Durant. I'd love to talk to that guy for five minutes. I bet that was a cool podcast. If I could, maybe put you in touch if you want. But I, I, yeah, it would. It's a great story, and he's 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 a badass dude. So um, yeah, you've had some really cool people on, and uh, you're just going to continue to grow. I mean, I there's no doubt that. about it. You well, know? Yep. Thank you for coming on and helping and Cheers. providing me with content, Joe Teddy. As always. Cool. I love you, brother. Joe Thanks, and I. Tom. Love you too, man. Joe and Joe and I. We're not afraid to say it. We love each other. There's nothing wrong no. with expressing love. Hell no. I love you, brother. God bless America. Love Stay you, safe. Man. All your links in Cheers. the description. Joe Teddy. Thank Recording you, sir. Recording stop. Take care, buddy.